Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning. All right. All right. Well, listen, I'm glad that you're with us today. We are right back now on part two of our series called I Belong. And uh, in fact, Megan kicked it off for us last week. I, I, I don't know if you were here last week or not, but I, one of our overseers who actually pastors up in L.A., his father passed away last Thursday. And I called and said, hey, how can we help out? Can I come out and preach? Would that kind of take the load off? Of, he said, man, that'd be great. So I told Megan at like midnight on Thursday, you're preaching Sunday. And she killed it, which means she's pretty awesome. Let's give it up for my wife. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, it was a great message. I got to listen back, and uh, I'm sorry you have to put up with me today. But uh, we're on this this series called "I Belong," and and really, I just I need to kind of be candid with you and and transparent with you for a moment, and and kind of tell you what my heart behind this is, or our heart behind this. So we say this every week. We say that church is about so much more than attendance. It's about belonging. And this series is about so much more than just sitting and listening to what God wants to do in us, but it's about what God wants to do through us. And so today, I actually am kind of taking the script off. Uh, we, I mean, literally, I just want to kind of just kind of share a few things from my heart that's going to be very transparent and also very candid, uh, because I believe that God wants to do something powerful. So if you're with us for the very first time, man, I'm so sorry. Come back next week. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be a great Sunday. But uh, I wanted to say for those of you that are here with us on a regular basis, that you're part of the Movement Church family, I wanted to challenge you to just to kind of lean in. Uh, many of you may know some of my story and my wife's story. We grew up in church. Literally, my dad was a pastor. Her parents were pastors. We grew up in church. If I was sick, my mom would say, church is the best place for you to be. You're going to church sick. You're going to sit on the front row with me. So that's literally how I grew up. But I, in the process of that, there are so many things that I loved and valued about church that I experienced. But also in the process of that, there are so many things that I've become frustrated with over the years because I believe it's so easy for us to kind of punch the clock and kind of just do the routine and slip into rhetoric as a Christian. And, and our faith becomes more the summation of my church attendance and less about what God is doing in me and what God wants to do through me. And so, listen, I just want to take a few moments and take the gloves off today. And, uh, and well, we can wait on that until we get the, the next video. Is that good? Cool. I want to take the gloves off if I can today and just kind of share some of what I believe God wants to do. Because far be it from us at the Movement Church to just simply attend or be involved with just a crew of people uh, surrounded by the four walls of this theater or the others. And just smell the smell of popcorn, but only just merely skirt by in life. The title of my message today is, I am loved so that I can love others. And I want to read a passage of scripture to you that was written by a man named Paul, who's writing to a church called Corinth. And this chapter is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is affectionately titled the love chapter. Every sermon or every marriage or wedding ceremony that you have ever attended probably has a portion of this scripture read Wedding, crasher, wedding, uh, wedding Crashers like totally just destroyed this passage of Scripture, but it's still one of my favorites. And I want to read it to you today 
from the message translation. So a man named Eugene Peterson took the Bible and did this poetic paraphrasing to it that as we read it, it kind of jumps off the pages in such an interesting and unique way that I think God kind of paints a picture for you and for me. But I, I, I do, I just want to warn you, I, I don't want to just preach a sermon today. And I don't, I don't want any of us just to simply punch in and punch out. So I don't know if you came begrudgingly today. I don't know if you came today because a friend dragged you or you're on the dream team and you've been here for weeks, months, or years. But I actually believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to lean into what he's trying to say. Because what you're involved with right now, the, the movement church, the church, is about more than the walls. You and I, are we are the church. And if we don't catch what God is trying to say to us and do through us, I believe we'll miss some huge things. So I want to read this passage of scripture. I want to share for a couple moments. And then there's no, no hidden agenda, no, no strings attached. But at the end of the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to be a part of our Give Love campaign. We've been talking about this for weeks. At the end of the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to adopt a child, sponsor a child with Children's Cup. And for literally the price of a few lattes a month, uh, you can make a difference in their world. So I just want you to be open to the Holy Spirit. We'll never ask you to give money, but we'll always ask you to seek the Lord and see what he would have you do. But I want you to be prepared for that because you and I are loved so that we can love. Amen. Can we pray? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's just pray right now. God, we thank you uh, for what you're doing in this place. Uh, God, we ask that you move in a miraculous way and, uh, and just open our, our ears to hear and receive whatever it is that you want us to do. God, we don't, we don't want to miss what it is you're trying to say. And we, even though some of us might already feel uncomfortable, God, we want to be attentive to everything you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, whoa, that was horrible. Everybody said, man, that's good. That just means I agree. That just means I agree. It doesn't mean anything else besides that. And so even if you don't agree, it's all right. You can just, you know, just flow along with it. So let me read this passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And here is how it reads. Are you ready? If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the cracking of a rusty gate. And if I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day. And if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, What I believe and what I do, I love this. I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it does not have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. doesn't force itself on others. It it isn't always me First, it doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything. Trust God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. 
I just want to tell you today that if you're here in the sound of my voice, whether this church is your home or you're visiting or you're with a friend, that no matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief, you are loved. No matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief at the movement church, you are loved. Every single one of us in this room walked in with a different story. I could sit down over coffee and and hear you share your story and all of our stories would have amazing mountaintops and very discouraging valleys. And you may have walked in today in the midst of the depth of a valley. Or you may have come in today at the highest peak of a mountain. And you could share story after story of crazy and exciting and devastating wins and losses throughout your life. But no matter your story, you need to know that you are loved. Even if you walked in here feeling more rejected than accepted, more neglected than loved. Even if you've been to churches before where you have been misused or felt abused. Even if you're here today and people in authority in your life through the course of your life mistreated or violated you. No matter your story, at the movement church, you're loved. My wife and I have been in ministry for 17 years full time. Just going at it, just, just loving life and loving what we're doing. And we love to be able to be a part of people's stories and encourage people to accomplish great things. But one of the challenges to the role that we play is that often, in fact, more often than not, we are tasked with the project of putting the pieces back together. You see, when you hit crisis or when people hit crisis in their life, the first people they typically call is not Ghostbusters, but they're pastors. Even my neighbors who don't attend our church but have been or know that we're pastors, when their friends are in the hospital or they're having a crisis with a child or in their marriage, they call us. And we'll sit across the table talking of stories and tragedy and learning of the things that have been devastating and discouraging. And man, there's so many stories I could tell. Some of them would literally curl the blood in in you and, and just challenge you to your core. But no matter your story, you need to know at the movement church you're loved. One of the craziest stories that I've come by was with a young girl named Puny. That was her nickname. And her brother named Robert. These guys went into our youth ministry and started in seventh grade and then all the way through high school. And they were about a year and a half apart. And they were the most distracting, most devastating, most frustrating kids that ever came to our church. Robert actually, literally, on a Wednesday night before a youth service, was selling marijuana in the restroom right outside the doors of the youth room in the building of the church. This is not smart. We had a police officer who was there just for safety's sake, and he came up to me and he said, Hey, I just caught Robert selling weed in the bathroom. What do you want me to do? I said, Let me take care of him. I walk him outside. I slapped him. I didn't slap him. I'm kidding. It's Texas. It's kind of legal. I talked to him, and what are you thinking? Come on, Robert. This is a kind of lifestyle. His sister Puny would sit in the corner, and she would draw pictures, very morbid and dark pictures. She struggled with constant thoughts of suicide and cutting. And, man, as I began to build relationships with these two, my wife and I would sit down and talk to them. And the story that came from the many of you have heard this before was horrific. 
And they're in sixth grade. An uncle pulled them into a back room and molested her while he made her brother watch and then made them switch places. The father, who was an alcoholic and abusive, moved their family into a field with no electricity and no running water. They were at six and seven years old, and he gave them a spoon and a bucket and told them to go outside and dig for a well. When you sit down across a table from a story like that, it does something on the inside. It makes sense now why they're such a distraction and a frustration. There's no one in their life expressing love. And actually, on top of that, the people who should have been, the people who should have protected them, were the ones who were violating them the most. We had an opportunity to take him out and go shopping for brand new clothes. And we took him to a department store and they had never been shopping in their life. Bought him brand new outfits and shoes and jackets preparing for winter, even though it was only Texas, but nonetheless, somewhat of a winter. Then afterwards, we took him to grab lunch at a place called Fuddruckers, which is a burger joint. I didn't cuss. It's okay. And you build your own burger. And I watched Robert pile four inches of pickles on top of his burgers. He loved pickles. And I sat down. They had never been to a restaurant, ever. And we began to just pour into their life. And the team that was with us would go pick them up and bring them to church and bring them to a connect group. And they began to come to events and, and camps and services. And we began to watch the, the very essence of who they were shift. And hope was birthed on the inside. And their lifestyle and the way that they would walk, the pictures that she would draw switched from these dark and morbid pictures to pictures of, of hearts that were thriving and crosses. And it was amazing to see a transformation. And I began to think, where would they be without the church? Who would speak hope and show love to them? Because to every other adult in their life, those that should have protected, violated in that school, when they go to a school with 600, 700 thousands of students, these two kids were just some other troublemakers, constantly in detention. Where would they be without the church? I don't know what kind of story you walked in here with today, but you need to know that at the movement church, you are loved. No matter what your story sounds like, whether it's a story of tragedy or triumph, violation or neglect no matter your story you are loved and man of my prayer my hope is that the movement church that this would be the sound that the church had an aroma that it would be the aroma of grace and love so that every single person who walks through the doors of this theater to step into a room that's dark and smells of musty popcorn with shamu on the wall that what they would experience is the experience of grace and love no matter your story, you are loved. No matter your past, you are loved. Whether you're a gossip, a liar, a cheater, an adulterer, a felon, a drug addict, an alcoholic, judgmental, you are loved. If you're like, I'm none of those, then it's pride and you are loved. At the Movement Church, we say this every week, not because it sounds sexy, but because we believe it. That all of us are just a little bit jacked up. Some of us more than others. But whether you're a lot jacked up like me or a little jacked up like my wife. Just a little bit. But she's sexy. It's Valentine's Day. I'm getting some extra points in. Man, we just want to work to get better. 
We just want to work to get better. I share my story on a regular basis, my personal story, not so that I can bore you with this over and over. And if you've heard it before, it's no longer for you. It's for the people who are brand new today. But I grew up in a church, in a church home. I was homeschooled my whole life, raised on Bible stories. While you were studying about World War II, I was studying about Solomon's temple. Yeah, you're welcome. So when it comes to Bible stories, I'll beat you in trivia hands down every time. And if you think I'm a nerd, we'll step outside and talk about that later. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I grew up in a home where I knew how to be good, knew the rules to follow. I knew how to lead. I knew how to look like a Christian, smell like a Christian, act like a Christian. But I didn't know how to be a Christ follower. I lived a life of deception and hypocrisy. And my decisions eventually led to me being involved as a teenager in a relationship with a married woman before I was married, but while I was an intern at a church. Brought destruction to that marriage, and I thought it was going to destroy my purpose. But it was in a church where men gathered around and said, it's okay, no matter your past, you are loved. I don't know your story. I don't know your story, and I don't know your past. I don't know how filthy it is or how clean it is, but I don't care. Because at the movement church, you are loved. Your past may not be a a track record of devastation. Maybe you've done a great job of making great choices. Well, guess what? Welcome home. You're loved. But maybe your, your past is like mine. When you look back, you feel more regret and shame than you feel hope for the future. You are loved. No matter your story, no matter your past, you are loved. No matter your belief, I don't care if you're here today and you're a Catholic or Jewish or Muslim or Hindu or atheist or agnostic, you need to know that you are loved. It doesn't matter your belief that when you walked in this door, you need to know that from the bottom of our hearts, you are loved. That that is the message of this church is love. That is the epicenter of who we are. And listen, it's that way because we're not just a gathering of people just for the sake of love. Let's just love and feel good. That's called a hippie movement. We're called the movement. It's a little bit different. You see, what makes this a place where you can belong is the fact that we are centered around love but with a purpose. It's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It is an unconditional love that you can never sin your way outside of his love. You can never live your way outside of his love that he loves you exactly as you are. But you also need to know he loves you too much to let you stay the same. So please don't confuse unconditional love with the word acceptance. That's not what I'm talking about today. Acceptance says you are the way you are and it's okay. And that's not even realistic or true. The gospel message says, hey, you are awesome. You are loved, but I've got great things in store for you. I've got a better plan for you, a future and a hope. And sometimes that means I've got to make some adjustments and make some changes. But the message of this church is not change now, turn or burn. It's, hey, listen, let's help you find Jesus and let him do the work on you. So no matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief, your love, But the message of this gospel, while scandalous in nature, because the gospel message says, hey, these things are not okay in our life. There's a better way to live. God has a purpose and a plan. We're not just loved to be loved. 
We're not just love to sit in the essence of love, to feel love, to talk about love, to smell love. That's not what the heartbeat of this is. We are loved so that we can love others. That's why we're loved. So that we can love others. I got to tell you, man, my biggest frustration, the reason, the reason even today I'm, I'm more off script than trying to preach some eloquent message is that the, the, the verse that I read in the beginning of the service struck a chord with me that, hey, if we speak with the tongues of men and angels, if we can pattern this amazing, sexy sermon, and if we can pray bold and faith-filled prayers that move mountains, but we don't have love, we are good for nothing. And man, I don't want to just be a part of a community or a church that simply exists or just feels good or just punches the clock on Sundays. And I want to be a part of a church that loves others. That's the message. That's why we're here. I think that God looks at a church like this and so many other great churches here in Orange County. And he says, man, I love it when Christ followers come together and they sing songs of adoration and praise. I love the sound of that. And man, I love when we hear great teaching about the word of God and apply it to our life and walk out of this building and make the changes accordingly. I love to see that, but I believe as God is looking at the church and looking at Christians, he's distracted by the loss on the outside of the building. You say, man, I love this, but don't forget about them. Man, I love what's happening in your life. I love that you're open to change. I love that you're making changes, but don't forget about the people outside this building. Don't forget that you are a sinner, that I am a sinner, and God's given us grace that we don't deserve and hope for the future. And we are the message piece for those that are not even in this room yet. That's why we tell stories on a regular basis, so that when people walk in for the first time, they feel at home. Because no matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief, you are loved. When we began the process of starting this church, for those of you that are new, if you don't know the story, you need to stick around after church for a welcome to church party and you'll hear the story. But when we, my wife and I moved here to start the movement church and we didn't know anybody and God rallied an amazing team. We started praying, God, what do you want to do and how do you want to work through us that this church can be a light and hope? And we started praying about the next generation, the children that are across the hall, knowing that there would be kids that would be coming in and, and some of them might be like Puny and Robert. We don't know their story. We don't know what's going on in their world, but we'll get them for an hour and 15 minutes. And if we could only send one message, what would that message be? We came up with these ideas called the G3 promise and the G3 mission. God made me, God chose me, and God loves me. And of all the lessons that are taught, and we give them a lot of sugar because we want them to love church. With no hidden strings here. Just, we just feed them sugar, okay? That's why they're wired and they want to come back. Just pixie stick on lockdown. We don't really do that. I'm kidding. Yes, we do. Of all the lessons in the curriculum, all the things that we teach, the movement bucks that we give away, everything that we do, we repeat this promise over and over again because we don't know. We don't know what the future holds for these kids, but we know for an hour and 15 minutes we can speak life and remind them that they're loved. We repeat this mission and this promise. It's amazing to see how it's beginning to catch with the next generation. No matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief, at the Movement Church, 
you're loved. But you're not just loved for the sake of love. You're loved so we can love others. Bringing the hope of who Jesus is to as many people as we can. Like I stated before, I don't know your story. I don't know your faith background. Some of you I do, but not everyone. And I don't know where you even stand today on the issue of faith. And maybe there's a a part of you that says, man, I love the sound of unconditional love. I love the sound of what you talk about, but I've never experienced that kind of love. And I would just challenge you that maybe it's because you haven't begun a relationship with Jesus. Every time you pray, you're like, man, I just want to. I'm desperate for that, but I feel a, a gap. I feel this space between me and this God that you speak about. And I would just challenge you. The Bible talks about this gap. It calls it a sin gap. And everyone in life, you and me, we have sin in our life. And there's a very grave and sobering consequence for sin. It's called death and an eternity in hell. But the Bible offers a radical solution. In fact, it calls it a gift. That God sent Jesus to live a sinless life. And yet die a sinner's death paying the ransom, the cost of your sin and mine. Closing that gap and paving a way for you and me to experience an unconditional love like no other. And here's the greatest part about it. You can't erase your past enough to receive this gift. You can't attend church enough to receive this gift. You don't have to be a member of this church or any other to receive this gift. It's a free gift. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. You say, I give you my life. And he comes in in a radical way. And you can experience love like you've never experienced before. And if you're here today and you've never made that decision, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I just want to challenge you. Would you just, in your own heart, would you pray it with me? Would you just give God an opportunity to begin something new in your life? And hey, look at me for a moment. Some of you in this room have been flirting with faith and flirting with Christianity very much like I was as a young teenager, a late teenage boy, a leader in a student ministry, an intern, and I was involved, but I was flirting with my faith. If that's you today, and you just need to say yes to Jesus again, when I pray that prayer, would you just join me with that prayer? Maybe you've been running from God or drifting. And today's the day to come back. No matter where you're at, no matter your story, no matter your past, no matter what you believe, you're loved. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer, or you need to come running back to God, as I pray this prayer, would you just repeat it after me in your own heart? We're not going to embarrass you or ask you to get out of your seat. Just in your own heart. You just say this so simply. Just say, God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the ransom for my sin. Just right where you're seated, just make this phrase abundantly clear in your own heart. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. 
Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.
If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.